All right, Jeremiah chapter 26. Um, if this uh, scripture passage looks uh, familiar to you, it's because it was the passage of our study on uh, Sunday with Pastor Gary, Sunday's message just yesterday. Um, today's, uh, tonight's title is Standing for Truth, Standing for Truth. And I'm going to basically summarize what my dad, Pastor Gary, talked about uh, yesterday morning, Standing for Truth. Uh, if you missed Sunday's message, I'm just going to give you a synopsis of the message from Sunday morning. Um, And we're going to read a couple of verses here in Jeremiah chapter 26. Uh, The Lord basically exhorts Jeremiah, who is a prophet at the time um, in the land of Israel, he exhorts Jeremiah to um, speak to the nation of Israel and to stand in the courtyard and to proclaim every single word that God tells Jeremiah to proclaim. And so Jeremiah uh, does this. We can look at uh, chapter 6, look at verse one, verse 1 says, In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from the Lord, saying, verse 2, Thus says the Lord, Stand in the court of the Lord's house, and speak to all the cities of Judah, which come to worship in the Lord's house, all the words that I command you to speak to them. Do not diminish a word. If you have an NIV, it says, Do not omit a word. Do not omit a word. And so God exhorts the prophet Jeremiah to proclaim everything that God commands him to say to the nation of Israel. And he says, listen, even down to the very words, I don't want you to leave anything out. And so Jeremiah, a very bold man, does so. And look at verse 3. Perhaps everyone will listen. And this is God speaking. Perhaps everyone will listen and turn from his evil way that I may relent concerning the calamity which I purpose to bring on them because of the evil of their doings. And you shall say to them, so this is what God tells Jeremiah to say, Thus says the Lord, If you will not listen to me to walk in my law which I have set before you, to heed the words of my servants, the prophets whom I sent to you, both rising up early and sending them, but you have not heeded, then I will make this house like Shiloh and will make this city a curse to all the nations of the earth." So this is what Jeremiah uh, tells the nation of Israel because the nation of Israel was in rebellion against God. They were worshiping pagan and false gods. So Jeremiah calls the people out on behalf of God. And God says, Jeremiah, I want you to make this proclamation to the people of Israel. I don't want you to omit a word, say everything word for word that I'm about to speak. And I want you to tell the nation of Israel that they are in danger of my punishment if they do not repent and turn away from their sins. And this is all throughout the Bible. And this is what Pastor Gary was speaking about on Sunday, that God is very simplistic in His call for His people's hearts. He says, listen, if you repent from your sin, I will relent from punishment. If you relent from sin and your rebellion, I will, uh, if you repent rather of your sin and rebellion, I will then relent and withhold my judgment against you. And so this was Jeremiah's proclamation. And Jeremiah stood his ground for truth, and the Bible says that God protected him. So Jeremiah boldly declared this, and God protected him. Why did God God need to to protect Jeremiah? Well, because the nation of Israel, after hearing this, after being confronted by this, they wanted to kill Jeremiah. Look at verse 11, or look at verse 8, rather. Verse 8, now it happened... When Jeremiah had made an end of speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, 
that the priests and the prophets and all the people seized him, saying, You will surely die. Then jump to verse 11. And the priests and the prophets spoke to the princes and all the people, saying, This man deserves to die, for he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your ears. Let's pause with me there. So the people of Israel are like, Listen, Jeremiah, we are sick and tired of you confronting our sin. We're sick and tired of you calling us out on our rebellion from the Lord. And they're so sick and tired of Jeremiah confronting them about their sin and their rebellion that they even said, let's just kill Jeremiah. And the people rally around Jeremiah and call for his death. But Jeremiah boldly continues to stand for the truth. He says, listen, you can do in the next couple of verses, just summarizing, he says, you can do with with me whatever you want. All right. The Lord told me to proclaim this to you. You can do with me what you will. But I will not back down and I will stand for the truth. I will stand for God's word and I will not back down from what the Lord is putting on my heart to tell me. It even says in chapter 20 that if Jeremiah ever withheld what was in his heart, that it burned like a fire within his soul. That's how badly Jeremiah was prompted to, sh- to share the truth that God had placed on his heart because Jeremiah said, if I even withheld what God was telling me and prompting me to share with the people, it burned in me, within me like a fire. But then God protected Jeremiah. We see that also within chapter 26. It also mentions a prophet named Uriah within this same chapter. Uriah was a prophet of Israel as well. He also spoke the truth boldly, but the Bible says that when he was then confronted and threatened, like Jeremiah was with death, that Uriah fled and ran to Egypt. It says he was scared, and he fled and ran to Egypt. Then it says that the people, it's, you know, it's kind of funny, we shouldn't really laugh at it, but the people followed him down to Egypt, brought him back, and killed him because he fled and ran away. But because Jeremiah stood his ground, boldly declared the truth, God protected him. And so this is what Pastor Gary spoke about yesterday morning, if you uh, weren't there yesterday. Uh, And he also said, it is not enough to know the truth, to tell the truth, but we must stand for truth. It is not enough to know the truth and to tell the truth, but we must also stand for the truth. And here was the application of his sermon, and it was regarding recent events. And many of you have most likely heard of this. There was a bill, uh, HB 2491, uh, that fortunately didn't make it out of subcommittee in the Virginia General Assembly that if passed would have made abortion legal in Virginia through the third trimester with even less restrictions and limitations. And the bill was sponsored uh, by Delegate Kathy Tran of Fairfax. And when she was questioned about the bill, uh, admitted that it would permit an abortion even if the mother was dilated and in labor. And so Pastor Gary mentioned all of this yesterday. I'm bringing it to you again if you haven't been aware of this. And then the Virginia governor, Governor Northam, affirmed this and even said that post delivery, okay, post delivery, there can even still be a discussion between the mother and physician regarding what to do with the child, whether it could be saved or killed. Unbelievable. New York signed into law something very similar to this proposed bill. 
and it was given a standing ovation. This bill passed and was signed into law, was given a standing ovation. A standing ovation is what the New York's is what New York's Reproductive Health Act got in the Senate chamber when it passed last week. And lawmakers and bystanders stood in applause for something that legalized abortion all the way up until birth for any reason. It breaks my heart, and I hope it breaks yours as well. This is unbelievable. And for those who may even be in the room tonight who say, listen, the church should just stay out of politics. Listen, this isn't even a political political issue. This is an issue about life, about the value of human life that every single human being was created and knit together in the mother's womb in the image of God. And every life is valuable and precious in the sight of God. I'm not even talking about politics here, Republican, Democrat. I'm talking about the sacredness of human life that everyone has the right to. And so Pastor Gary closed yesterday morning by calling us to stand for truth. By calling us to stand for truth. And it would be remiss of me if I didn't also pass this same message on to our young adult group. And so as I was thinking about yesterday and what I might teach on or what we might read from, the Lord was just prompting my heart to reiterate the principles from yesterday morning, if you weren't here with us, to call us to stand for truth as well as a young adult group, to stand for truth even when it's not popular, even when we could be criticized, even when we could be persecuted, even when we could be outnumbered, even when we could be outvoted, to stand for truth together as a group of young adults. And the reason that I said it would be remiss of me if I didn't also pass this along, the same principle to our young adult group, is because our young adult group is the largest generation in the United States of America. Raise your hand if you were born between the years of 1981 to 1996. If you were born between 1981 to 1996. All right, you are the generation of millennials. You are the millennial generation. All right, so this was according to Pew Research. Some, some even extend it 1980 to the, year, to the year 2000. All right, but Pew Research has done more extensive research, I believe. They call millennials the age, from age range 1981 to 1996. That's the group of millennials. All right, so it goes like this, the divisions of the generations. The silent generation, 1928 to 1945. Uh, the Great Depression, World War II. All right, then from 1946... Uh, to 1964, those are the baby boomers. 1946 to 1964, the baby boomers. Uh, That was Vietnam, the civil rights movement. Then Generation X, 1965 to 1980, the fall of the Berlin Wall. Um, Then the millennial generation, most of us in this room, 1981 to 1996, all right, we remember uh, 9-11, Y2K, uh, then Generation Z, 1997 to 2012, smartphones, technological advances, all that good stuff. So most of us in this room fall within that range, I believe, 1981 to 1996, the millennial generation, we are about 79.4 million people strong. We make up about 25% of the United States of America. About a quarter of our nation is millennials. 
So we are the largest and loudest voice within our nation. Therefore, all the more reason that we need to lead this, we need to be those who follow truth, who know truth, who understand truth, who pursue truth, and who stand up for truth, who stand up for what's right, who stand up for morality. This is our generation, guys. The millennial generation needs to stand up because we are going to be leading America in the next couple of decades on these issues. And so we need to stand up for truth. John 18, 38, there's this encounter between Jesus and Pilate. And many of you, you remember this story. Jesus is uh, on his way to the cross. Pilate has the authority to either release Jesus or call him to be crucified. And Pilate asks Jesus this question, what is truth? What is truth? It's the Latin, quidest veritas. Pilate asks Jesus, what is truth? And Jesus says in John 18.38, For this reason I was born, that I might bear witness to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. If we want to know what's right, what's true, what's absolute in our world, in our confused world, it's in the Word of God. And we need to know truth, understand truth, pursue truth, stand for truth, using God's Word as the lenses by which then we look out into our life and into our culture. And if we are in a relationship with the God of truth, then we must listen to what He declares as true. And the Bible declares that life is precious to God, that God created us in His image, that before we were even born, God knew us. And if we profess to be followers of God, then we profess to be followers of truth. Therefore, we must be promoters of truth and stand for truth, no matter what the cost or no matter what the sacrifice was, just as Jeremiah experienced. Our purpose in life, and this is so key because we get so wrapped up in this, our purpose in life is not to be liked. Our purpose in life is not to be liked, it's to be promoters of God's Word and God's truth. That's our purpose and our ambition in life. And we can get so focused and wrapped around this idea of my purpose and ambition, even though it might even not enter our minds consciously, is just the desire and the need to be liked. That is a very dangerous path. You will make no difference in the world. You will end up blending in. And you will be a cultural imitation. That's what we talked about last week. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In John 8.31-32, Jesus says, If you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The truth shall set you free. A lot of people are enslaved by the lies of the enemy of this world. Former Special Olympian Frank Stevens. I don't know if you guys saw this story. Maybe you even saw it on the news. Um, Frank Stevens has Down syndrome. And he spoke about abortion on Fox and Friends on Friday, just a couple days ago. Um, after his video... Of, uh, on the Sanctity of Life went viral because uh, actor Ashton Kutcher uh, posted it out and it kind of then um, just took by storm 
And when uh, Frank Stevens was interviewed on Fox and Friends, Fox and Friends, he said this about abortion. I don't want to make it illegal, he said. I want to make it unthinkable. Politicians change laws. I want to change people's hearts. I want to change people's hearts by changing people's minds and hearts together. And we need to take lesson from Frank Stevens here. And we need to be promoters of truth. We need to stand for truth even if it's unpopular, even if we're outnumbered, even though we might suffer consequences for our stance, we need to stand for truth. And especially regarding life, we need to stand for life together as a generation, as the largest generation in America. And so my question for you tonight is I vow to stand for God's truth and who will stand with me? Who will stand with me to promote the truth of God's Word in our generation? 1 John 3.18 Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the Word of truth. Ephesians 6.14 Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. John 4.24, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in the spirit and in truth. John 17.17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. 1 Corinthians 13.6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So we need to stand for truth. And listen, you know, two weeks ago, the Sunday's message was um, on the grace and the forgiveness that is um, found in Jesus Christ for those who have experienced abortions. I do not want you to read into, especially tonight's message as well, um, any insensitivity towards those who have experienced abortions, or maybe you know people who have experienced abortions, or maybe you even in this room are one who have experienced that or contemplated that. Listen, in Jesus Christ, there is grace and there is forgiveness to cover over a multitude of sins. So please do not hear any insensitivity towards those who have experienced this and to the men who have also uh, been party to abortions. Uh, God's grace and forgiveness is deeper and wider than your mind and my mind could ever fathom. And so there is grace and forgiveness for those who have experienced this. And I encourage you even to go back two Sundays ago, listen to the message in the teaching library. Uh, A very bold and courageous woman also shared her testimony of how she experienced an abortion and how God brought her through that and His grace really just showered over her. And I encourage you to watch that. Uh, But I felt that it would be remiss if I didn't also just reiterate what Pastor Gary said from Sunday to the largest generation, our young adult group, that we need to stand for truth. And so I pray that you would stand with me as well. So for the next five, ten minutes, this is what we're going to do. I want us all to just get into groups of four to eight and to pray. And these these are the five things I want us to have our prayer time focused on, all right? Um, And so this is how we can keep our prayer time focused. So I want us to be praying for the unborn life. All right, I want us to be praying for the women contemplating abortions. 
I want us to be praying for our government leaders and our elected officials. The Bible tells us to be praying for those in authority, kings and those in authority over us. Whether we voted for them or not, we need to be praying for them. The fourth thing I want us to be praying about is uh, for us to be bold in our stand for truth. We need to be bold like Jeremiah was and stand for truth, even, even though it might cost us something. And number five, that we need to be praying that the, uh, the truth of God's word would eventually just prevail that the truth of God's word would prevail uh, over our nation, over our world, no matter what laws are passed. We need God's, God's truth to, to prevail. And the Bible says that it will. And so, um, so I, what, that's what I want us to do right now. Even just begin now, just to get into groups of around four to eight. You can rearrange your chairs. Don't, don't care about the chairs. We'll all put those back um, in order. So rearrange your chairs. Get with a group of four to eight people. And this is your list. Just, just out loud. I want us all out loud just to be praying at the same time together for these things, all right? Lord, we come before you tonight.